Hours on Sports podcast for the week of December the 3rd. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa, Florida. And we have Michael Banks up in Birmingham, Alabama. How you doing tonight, Mike? I'm doing well, Jason. How are you? Good, good. I hear you got some good news. You just got, you just got, the, got the word that you got some uh, national championship tickets. Yeah, if Alabama advances... Uh... We have secured some some tickets to Santa Clara to see them play. So okay. obviously we we want them to win anyways, but now a little more incentive for, for the tide to roll on on uh, December 29th. There you go. All right, so we're going to talk tonight, folks. We're going to talk college football playoffs. Who got in? Who should have got in? Who got snubs? We're going to talk some Urban Meyer retirement talk. We're going to talk a little Heisman Trophy. That's this weekend in New York. We're going to talk some NFL. We're going to talk fantasy football. For most of us out in the fantasy world, our fantasy playoffs start this week. So we will see how uh, that goes for those of you that are in the fantasy world. And and talk a little hot stove baseball. There was a couple big trades in the last few days. There was a big trade today with the uh, Diamondbacks and the Cardinals and uh, the Mariners and the Mets in the last couple days. And last but not least, we're going to give you the pewter picks of the week. Who should you take this weekend in your local investment broker? (laughs) (laughs) If you so so choose to partake. All right, Mike. So the playoff rankings have been set. Last Sunday, we had Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3. And then the big question was going to be who was going to be in the four spot. Was it going to be Georgia off their impressive showing against Alabama for about three and a half quarters? <laughs> <laughs> Which they, or was it going to be a one-loss Oklahoma who kind of struggled with Texas a little bit, or a one-loss Ohio State who kind of ho-hummed it against Northwestern? Your thoughts? You know, <clears throat> obviously, as an Alabama fan, I was I was really caught up in the moment Saturday night, and uh, I thought, man, Georgia is one of the top four teams. There's no question. You can't leave them out. Woke up Sunday morning, and the more I thought about it, that loss to LSU, I could not get out of my mind for Georgia. 20 points in Baton Rouge, whereas Alabama went to Baton Rouge and won 29 to nothing and pretty much handled them. It just it, – it stuck with me. I think they got it right. I think that Oklahoma um, – even though I don't believe Oklahoma played nearly the schedule Georgia did. In fact, I, I think that's one reason I don't, you know, I, we'll get to later about the Heisman, but um, I still think they got it right. I think it's hard to put in a two loss team over a one loss conference champion when that the other loss by the two loss team was by 20 on the road. I just, that's hard. That's hard to swallow. Yeah, the one thing you got to think about, I mean, you know, the, from everybody's perspective, forget about what conference affiliation, who you like, who you don't like. Do you want the four best teams or do you want to have to – is it going to be more of a, hey, we want conference champions in there? Because, you know, that was the first time in a long time that I've seen Alabama really get manhandled for three and a half quarters. You know, they right. – I mean, that that Georgia dominated that game. And, if, and many people think that if Tua doesn't get hurt, they win the game. Georgia wins the game because – they thoroughly well. They confused them. They they to me they beat them in the trenches. Let's I mean, clarif- it, let's clarify that though. If Tua doesn't get hurt in the fourth quarter, they might win the game. If Tua doesn't get hurt in the first quarter, well, the game's probably a blowout because Bama's going in for a touchdown and the and the whole game script flipped right then. 
So the fourth quarter injury, yes, I could I agree with that, but he was hurt in the first quarter, which is being overlooked a lot. Well, but well, but the point is Georgia did the you know Georgia was what caused him to get hurt. I mean their their sure. their their play and their and he didn't get hurt on the interception on the end zone the first drive. I mean he got hurt, you know, play before. Yeah, but what like his knee buckled when he threw the ball. I mean he knew what he. He he got baited and he threw a terrible ball and it got intercepted and you're right once once Georgia kind of kind of survived that first five or six minutes after the long punt return and all that stuff Georgia from that point on thoroughly I mean forget about Tua I mean they 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 were they moved the ball Jake Fromm played great he is uh, definitely proven he's a he's a legitimate big time quarterback in my opinion and uh, you know three and a half quarters. All of a sudden, here comes Jalen Hurts. Great story with Jalen coming in, with given the circumstances this year with his situation and Tua and all that good stuff. But uh, it's, it's, it, I guess what's what, one of the funny things for me is how this time last year, you know, the Alabama faithful were saying how poor Tua was, or not Tua, how poor Jalen is, can't throw the ball, get him out of there, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, now he's the, he's the favorite son because he comes in and plays two, a couple good series in a row. No, and pulls him out of the fire. No, no. Yeah, no, no. you have to admit that was the that was the the belief at the end of last year was we're I, done I, with with Jalen. He can't throw the ball. Get him out of here. Okay, and I agree with that. But let me clarify. First of all, Dan, first of all, Dan Enos happened in the off season. That's one thing that happened. And last year, you know it, and everybody else knows it. Jalen Hurts could not throw the ball downfield. That was he couldn't throw. He couldn't make progressions. He couldn't read, make reads. He was not the same quarterback that you saw the other night. Dan Enos came in in the offseason, and Dan Enos has transformed both quarterbacks, in my opinion. The second thing is Jalen has endeared himself when he made the decision to stay in the offseason, and then again after the four-game rule was up, Jalen got a standing ovation every home game. Every time he would come in, he was getting a standing ovation. So nobody was, no, nobody was like throwing Jalen to the side. We all respected him. We all appreciated him. Uh, I don't no, I gotta I, dis- I gotta disagree with that, but y'all were y'all were ready to be done with Jalen at the in the middle of that Georgia game last year in the national championship, and you can't deny that. No, I, I'm not denying last year. I'm saying this year though. Yeah, and, nobody and, and, has has said that, but 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 you know it, and and everybody else knows it that Jalen Hurts, the quarterback that he was at the end of last year, was not the quarterback that he has been this year, even in the limited time you saw him and in the Georgia game. I, agree. I, mean, I, I don't disagree with that. He, I think he's improved, but I think that he was fortunate because he, he he didn't have to play not one time this year did he play in any pressure situations. No, he so, didn't. So the crowd can cheer him on and give him a standing O when he comes in when it's when it's 35 to 7. Um, and, and I would say this. If Jalen had to play a full game against Georgia, I don't think he'd be that successful. He played no. a couple series. You know, he, he had a couple scramble plays, which was nice, yada, yada, yada. He made a couple nice throws, and I'll give him that. But, you know, if he'd had to play that game four quarters, I think Georgia beats them. Uh, you're probably right, but uh, we'll never know. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're right. And like I said, it's good for the kid. I'll give him credit. He stuck it out. He kept his mouth shut. He didn't really complain a whole lot because I think he do- he knows deep down that he's for sure. I mean, he's, he's clearly going to be leaving. He's leaving in December. He's graduating in a couple weeks. He's going to be leaving as soon as the playoffs over, and he's going to be the he's going to be the most highly sought after free agent in college football. Absolutely, yeah. I know. I mean, I completely agree with you. I just I know that from all the Bama fans that I know, and all, and myself, and my family, and everybody else, 
We had nothing but the utmost respect. And we hated the fact that he had to be taken out. I was not one of those that thought that he he needed to be taken out and anything else. But when it when that game was happening the way it was last January, there was really nothing else. It was either go down with the ship or try something else. I mean, everybody right. could see the writing. It, the writing was on the wall at that time. But nobody has had any ill will, Ill will or hard feelings towards Jalen Hurts. And we were cheering him on before that. When he came in, actually, I had people in the place where I was watching the game saying, put him in now before Tua even went down. They were calling for Jalen to come into the game. So because Tua was limping and he was not himself for that entire game. So no, I, I, that's the only part I disagree. I don't think that we were all get him out of here. Let's, you know, and now all of a sudden we're, we're cheering him on because he's, you know, he's leading us to victory. We were, we were behind him the whole way, but, but it was, it was a heck, it was an excellent moment. I mean, even, even for just college football and whole in general with all the Kelly Bryant's leaving and the, and the Blake Barnett's and the guys like that for a guy to stay and then get uh, rewarded for it was pretty cool to see. All right. Okay. All right. So let's get to the actual, the, the, the play of the game, three minutes to go, 28, 28 ball game, fourth and 11, right around midfield. Kirby smart decides to run a fake punt. <laughs> And, you know, I, th I think this is going to be kind of – this might be his – I hate to say it, this might be his Pete Carroll moment. You know, uh, you know, absolute panic move, reckless yep. move. What, I mean, I, I just I, – I have under any circumstance, I don't understand what he's thinking, especially when you run a fake punt, when you try to sneak your five-star your five-star recruit quarterback in the game as the up back. Yeah. You know, I you know, I heard him in the post game talking, well, if we just snapped it sooner, he's wide open, blah, blah, no. blah. No, but <laughs> you can't if you're gonna run that play, first of all, you can't run that play with Justin Fields in the game because that's just a dead giveaway to Alabama. Right. That's something that something's up. That's two, why the defense was in there. Yeah, two, Alabama did not substitute. They kept their defense on the field. And three, again, going back to the Jalen Hurts situation, you punt the ball. You make Jalen Hurts drive the ball 65, 75, 80 yards to get in field goal range, and if he does that in under two and a half minutes left in the game, you, you you raise your hand, you clap your hands, and you say, good job, Jalen. But for you to make to, to make it that easy for Alabama to win the game, I just I just don't understand what Kirby's thinking. Well, I can say, you know, first of all, they were at the 50-yard line. Jalen would have had to go minimum 80 yards because at worst, that punt's going out of the back of the end zone, at worst. Right. You know, well, they could have set up so, a field goal. So they'd have to get probably to the 20 to 25 yard line. Right. I, yeah. I, okay. I see what you're saying. But, you know, the, the game was the game. I, the game turned when Blankenship missed the field goal. You could tell right then, like, Georgia felt a little uneasy. Like, wait a second. Here's our kicker that Denver misses and he misses his field goal. And, and, and that kind of is where I felt the game turned. But then, you know, Jalen leads them. The momentum is going, and they're in. It's all Alabama. They tied up, like you said, 28-28. And I think it was panic. And I think the other thing that Kirby was thinking was maybe that he's not going to all. He's not going to lead them to a touchdown, and we believe that they will miss the kick if they go for a field goal, maybe. But I, I, I completely agree. I looked, I looked at my dad that I was with, and I was like, "Did they just fake the punt? Like what?" I, especially, again, especially fourth and eleven. If it's fourth and three, four, five, right. yeah. you can you, you can try it because hey, if the guy jumps off sides, you never know right. what happens. 
I just and it, it, and it just and it just the other part of this the move that's stunning is that once they got on the field, realized Alabama didn't substitute, kind of knew I won't say knew what was coming, but at least was playing punt safe. Why don't you call the call it off, take a delayed game, and punt the ball normal? I just that's right. the other part I don't get about that is okay, oh, you oh. didn't snap you didn't snap the ball on time when you wanted to, you, you botched that for some reason. Tell your guy, call a timeout, whatever you got to do to not snap the ball, run the fake. No, I, I completely agree. I, I, I think that I, I think you're right on. I think he, I think he panicked. I, I don't understand the call at all. I even call a timeout, say, hey, whoa, whoa, they, they. I mean, Alabama. He says that it was there. It was not there. If you go back and look at the tape, it was not there. Mac Wilson is pointing out assignments. From the middle line, from the Mike linebacker position, saying, "Hey, I got this guy. You got this guy." They knew exactly what was coming because, like you said, Justin Fields is on the field. Then the something was up. He's the up back. He's not the up back on any other punt all year long. They know right. something's going on. You're not. Right. You're not playing a high school coach in his first game over there. Right. I mean, it, yeah, I I don't get it. But you know, uh, but you know, by the same token. We might be having the other conversation on the other side of the ball if Bama does not win this game and they lose by seven points as to what Nick Saban was thinking going for a pump block before the half, about to get the ball back. Why right, would right. you know? So it really it comes down to a, a win and a loss is where we start questioning these coaches. But I was questioning Saban at halftime. Bama had just scored. They they just got a, a, a fortunate bounce with that with the kickoff. And I and about to get the ball back before half, and then they they you know put a pump block on, and they're going to get the ball. At the, I mean, Waddle's getting the punt at the fifty at the at least, right? And, and so that right there in my mind was sticking in my mind. This could be the turning point that gives Georgia the game, but instead another special teams play for that went against Georgia is the, what you know ultimately was the uh, deciding factor. All right, so. We've got Alabama escaping by the skin of their teeth. We've got Clemson rolling pits. We got now we have now we have the debate. Oklahoma wins, Ohio State wins. You know, hard to compare resumes, pretty close. Again, I think I think what what doomed Ohio State was the margin of, of loss that they had versus Purdue. Yep. You know, Oklahoma didn't really have a you know any major wins on their schedule other than the revenge game versus Texas. You know, other than that, you know, I won't say that. They, they they went to West Virginia and won, but their defense has just been so porous. They've had to outscore everybody this year. You know, again, the debate was Ohio one loss Ohio State and one loss Oklahoma. The committee stayed with Oklahoma, which is now going to set up your playoff matchups. Oklahoma four versus Alabama one in the Orange Bowl. And then you have the number two rated Clemson Tigers and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Where that that where that game's in what Jerry World? Yeah, yeah. So to the two three matchup. So those are your four matchups. Your early your early thoughts. Uh, Clemson Notre Dame, I think, is going to be a lot closer than than the bookmakers have it right now. I don't think Clemson has played anybody uh, really worth. I mean, Boston College, Syracuse, Texas A and M, maybe are the three toughest games they played. Notre Dame beat Michigan at the beginning of the year. And we saw what Michigan ended up doing until they obviously got to Ohio State. They went on the road and beat USC. Um, I, I don't think they had that much better of a schedule, but I think that they were challenged more. 
And I think it's going to be a closer game. I still think Clemson will probably end up winning the game, but I think it's going to be closer than what most people are thinking. Alabama-Oklahoma should be a blast. I mean, you're going to get to see Oklahoma is going to actually play a defense that's better than the toughest one they face to date, which is Army, in which a game they had to win in overtime. Um, and then you have two offenses that can both score 50 points a game. So I think you're going to see – I think you're going to see Alabama – uh, I think you're going to see Alabama try to run the ball down Oklahoma's throat. Is what I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see a lot of the running game. You're going, they're going to try. They're going to try to, you know, physicality from a physicality perspective. I think they're going to lean on their offensive line. I think, you know, I think Tua has shown one. He's in, he's injury prone. One. He's and he's not. No matter what happens, he's not going to be 100 percent healthy in a month. No. And two, he's shown that against the better teams, and I know Oklahoma's not a great team, but that better athletic teams. He has not played nearly as well as he played, you know, when he's playing against the, the old misses of the world and Mississippi States of the world. He's not played very well against any kind of legitimate defense. And I know Oklahoma's not legitimate, so that will open up. But I really think you're going to see Saban go with a ball control because what Saban – I don't think what Saban wants to get into is a track meet no. where, his team, where his team's on the field for 85 or 90 plays. Not, um, a, not with, like, Clemson and 16. You don't, exactly. He does not, not exactly. want to see that again. So – I think you're going to see a ball control effort out of Alabama. Um, I think in the Notre Dame, I think Oklahoma's going to try to speed up the pace as much as they can, knowing, hey, we're going to give up 40, but the only way we can stay in the game is we score 45, and which means they got to run play after play after play, and hopefully Alabama just wears out middle of the fourth quarter kind of deal, kind of like you said, back when Clemson did it uh, in the championship game. But the difference between the Clemson game and this game is that Alabama has the offense to go – toe-to-toe with Oklahoma they do have the quarterback I know Tua I know the rap is that he's played against you know against the tougher opponents Tua's biggest issue is not is really just trying to do too much he he just try he tries to do too much and and that's really his biggest issue um, well, but again, you, you, he got away with that against the old misses of the world in the Arkansas right when he's running around throwing the ball all the way across his body all that kind of stuff Against these elite five-star athletes, no matter – I know the defenses aren't great, you know, Oklahoma, but the LSUs and the and the Georgias of the world, you can't do that. These no, guys are too well-coached, too too athletic, too, 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 good, too good of players to do that. No, I agree, and I, I just think that they – I think that you're right. That I don't think they want to get in a track meet with them, but if it comes to it, it's going to – it could be a lot different outcome because, like I said, you don't have – you have a lot different – you have so many more weapons just out on the on the edge on the edges with wide receivers and even the yeah. tight ends and, and everything else that it just it's a different offense. It's just a completely right. different offense. So you can get into a track meet, but you don't want to if you don't have right. to. And, so. and to the Clemson Notre Dame game, I'm telling you on December fifth today, right now, Notre Dame's gonna beat them outright. I, I'm not I'm not doubting you, man. I'm not. Everybody everybody's been sleeping on Notre Dame all year. Oh, this is Notre Dame from 2012 and you know, no, this is absolutely different. Ian Book is is a legit quarterback. He can throw the ball. They got an excellent running game with Dexter Williams. Their defense, in my opinion, is very underrated. They've got very good defense, a very good defensive team. They don't. They may not have the All American, but they've got all three levels of their defense are high quality. And and I just think I think Notre Dame's due. You know, I think Notre Dame's due to play really well in one of these games. You know, and I think I, I'm with you. I think Clemson's defense can be had. And I think with a month to get ready, I think I think Notre Dame is going to beat Clemson outright. 
I, 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 like I said, man, I thought I, I've already, I was saying already, I don't think that it's going to be this blowout for Clemson that everybody thinks it's going to be. I just don't see it. Um, and I could, I, I, I would not be surprised at all if Notre Dame won that game. I, I think you're right on the money. I think that, I just don't think Clemson has been tested really. I mean, even in the Boston college game, Boston college lost their starting quarterback in the first quarter. And, and so they just – they really have not had a real tough test yet, and I just don't know if that freshman is really – you know, Notre Dame's defense can give him some problems, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, again, I think I think you're going to have – you're going to see a uh, very balanced attack out of Notre Dame running and throwing. they got a really good offensive line. I know Clemson's got an excellent defensive line, but I think you're going to see – you're going to see, uh, you know, Clemson's given up some points in the secondary in the passing game. I think you're going to see a, a – uh, a great effort out of Notre Dame out, and I'm telling you right now, Notre Dame wins the game straight up. So take the 11 and a half and run. Oh, I would definitely take that 11 and a half. No question. All right, so let's get to the big coaching news of the week. One Urban Meyer calls it a career, allegedly. <laughs> Again. At, at the Ohio State University. Question <laughs> is, one of two, two questions. One, do you think he's going to stay retired? I know he's had some health issues and he's got some, you know, ongoing, you know, headaches and that kind of stuff from stress-related stuff that's I'm sure caused by coaching and the stress of running the program. Yep. And two, if he does stay retired, what's Urban Meyer's legacy? I think that I think that this time, if if those health problems are real and they're not, and they're and they're as real as what they say they sound. I think he does stay retired. That that's some serious stuff. When you're talking about cysts on brains and back issues and things that are exasperated by stress, you, you, I mean, it, it's either coaching or your health. You're gonna have to choose one of the two. And if he does stay retired, I think his legacy is gonna be a is is probably gonna be a little bit tarnished. I think he's gonna go down as as a one of the better coaches. But I think there's gonna be always that question of you know he. Especially if, if uh, well, like you said, if he stays retired. I mean, he he won a national championship at Florida. He won a national championship at Ohio State. Um, but well, then he won two, the two at Florida. Two at Florida. That's right. Hit three total. He he turned. He was successful at Utah. But then you have that the uh, the allegations from this pat. You know, from what happened this past year, and you saw how that. And obviously, it's not even close to the same thing. So don't don't mistake my words here. But um, you saw what happened to Joe Paterno's legacy when a scandal kind of brought him down. And he's probably going to always be remembered for that. If that's this last let, you know, if that's the last imprint he has. Yeah, so. I, I would say I think I think Urban's going to I think one of two. I think I think I'm, I'm convinced that the health issues is a part is a part of this decision. But I also believe that he never fully trusted the Ohio State administration after the whole suspension because he didn't feel like he should have got suspended. I know there was some, you know, there, there was some lingering, you know, tension between him and the athletic department and the president after all that stuff. And no matter what kind of, you know, happy smile they put on everybody's face at the retirement ceremony, I think deep down part of this resignation, part of the retirement had to do with that. More of it to, on the health issue, I get that, but I, I, it would not shock me in two years if Urban Meyer's back on the sidelines. You know, he'll be at a if, if he if he does come back, it'll be one of the elite top ten jobs in the country. You know, USC, and you never know if somebody leave, if Brian Kelly were to leave Notre Dame to go to the pros in the next couple of years. He's got a lot of Notre Dame connections. 
I could see him at a place like Florida State. You know, Willie Taggart, you know, if he continues to struggle, a place like Florida State, you never know if, if, if uh, Dabo <laughs> Sweeney ever left. You, you, think know, the, you think the Florida fans hate him now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, as far as his legacy, I think, I think, I think he had a, he probably got, he probably deserved some of the bad rap at Florida because he had a lot of guys in trouble at Florida. Most notably, Aaron Hernandez ended up being a big problem in the NFL. Yep. You can't blame him for what Hernandez did in the NFL, but he did have a reputation of allowing a lot of guys who had some issues at, while they were in Gainesville to stay in Gainesville, stay on the team. I haven't heard much, you know, people say he's had a bad run at Ohio State, but I don't think, I think he's done a pretty good job at Ohio State as far as his guys being out of trouble and all that stuff. You, you haven't heard of many issues with guys in trouble at Ohio State. Um, you know, I think he's going to go down as one of the top five or six head, college head coaches of all time because, like you said, what he did at Utah was incredible. Comes to Florida, goes to Ohio State, you know, and, and obviously he had the issue here this last year with the Zach Smith situation. But he'll go down as one of the top, you know, six or seven college coaches of all time, in my opinion, if he, if he, if he doesn't ever coach another game. But I think in a, I think within two years, three years max, he'll be back coaching somewhere. I I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised. I I, I I would not be surprised to see that at all. And I'm shot. And I'm and I'd be I'd be pretty certain that he got a lot of peer. He got a lot of pressure from his wife this year. Hey, Urban, you, it's time to step away. You got to get your health in order. And these guys that are just these these coaches that are just so high strung. The Sabins of the world, the the Grudens of the world, the Urban Myers. It's just hard for those guys to stay out of the game permanently. You know, even yeah. a guy like Dick Vermeil, many years as he was out, he came back. Yeah. You know, you know, Gruden came back after ten years. You know, it's just it's just in their blood, especially these guys that have that have been successful at the elite levels. Um, it would be stunning if he doesn't ever come back, but it, and he might not. Who knows? But I think you'll see Urban Meyer back on the sideline within two years so all right so let's let's transition to the heisman trophy the most hallowed award in college athletics this saturday new york city uh you got three finalists you got tua you got Dwayne haskins ohio state and you got kyler murray oklahoma lots of people are speculating you know Tua poor performance against georgia not a great performance against lsu you know you had uh haskins uh. You know, he didn't play very well against LSU, Mike. Uh, except for, you know, except for the two touchdowns that he threw in the 49-yarder that he ran in. Besides those three touchdowns, well, yeah, yeah. he really struggled. Well, he, <laughs> I mean, come on. Three three total touchdowns against a, a team at the time that had, I mean, right now they're ranked number 13 and, I mean, number uh, nine. Take, your, take, the, take the red glasses off now. Be, 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 let's be objective here. I'm a twenty-nine nothing win on the road in Baton Rouge. That's uh, way more defense than it was Tua. Three total te- three total touchdowns, though. I mean, I don't okay. know what you want him to do. He was he, he, in, in all honesty, he was awful against Georgia. He was. He was. Awful. He was not. He was not. He was not himself against Georgia. I agree with that. Yeah, and, and I think um, you know, in Kyler Murray. Huge stats throughout the year. I know he's, again, playing against a different caliber. De- and again, I won't say different caliber defense because, to me, Alabama probably played two really two legitimate defenses all year. The other team, even though the SEC schedule, most of those defenses in that league were pretty poor. So I'm not going to say that the, the caliber defenses 
was just so much different. But it was a little bit softer in the Big Twelve for sure. Well, you, um, if since you don't, since you if you want numbers, I can give you numbers. Six teams in the top fifty of total defense Alabama played. Five of those were in the top fifty in scoring defense. Oklahoma played three in total defense and three yeah. in scoring defense. And the best defensive team they played all year was the was Army. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm looking at the numbers. I'm just telling you that that the numbers that that's total defense. I mean, at, but here, here not, you know, Heisman voters. Here's the thing that a lot of a lot of voters, and you hate to say it. What have you done for me lately? Oh, he had, Kyler Murray had a great, you know, had a great moment Saturday against Texas. Brought him from behind, played very well. Um, you know that kind of deal. And I think, I think, I also think that the that the the allure of him playing baseball and football that kind of helps his cause a little bit. And I think that a lot of people probably, you know, again, Tua's had a great year. There's no doubt. And Tua, many could you could argue Tua didn't have the opportunities to play as much in the fourth quarter of these games. And if Saban wanted to keep him in the game, he probably could have ran his stats up, you know, even only, more than he did. And that's a credit. Played, he only played in the total in, in the with time wise, he only played in nine total games. Yeah. I mean that nine total games. And the other thing I'll say about it, because it, it really does, it hurts me. I know I'm an Alabama fan and everything, but, but Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield won the Heisman last year, and Oklahoma's offense looks the same as they did last year. Score a lot, defense gives up a lot, same team, no difference. They're the same team. What Tua has done at Alabama has completely transformed what a team that used to be conservative, run the ball, and play defense into a team that is scoring 50 points a game. That has never happened at the University of Alabama in 127 years of football. That, to me... Is pretty it, that that says to me more. If it's a numbers award, then let's just give them the, the award for the numbers and, and save everybody the trip. But if it's an award about the most valuable player in college football, I mean, like I said, what more can you do than transform an entire and, and change the philosophy of a coach that five years ago wanted to do away with the spread and the up tempo? Right. You know. So that's that's what that's what my beef is. And my and I and I and and like I said, the defenses that they played, not even comparable. You know, Army in which Army was the number eleven total defense that they played. And well, they, they had say what you say what you want. Army Army's rated top twenty five in the country this year. So that's so that's actually a good win, a good performance against yeah, Army. But, they, but he's but he scored twenty eight points and he had to go to overtime to do it. So right. That, so you take away that Army game, which. You know, he has wow. to go to overtime. In, in, in the Army, the reason that game went to overtime, and I, I heard this the other day, I didn't realize this Army had the ball for like 46 minutes of that game because of that run game. Yep. So, you know, Murray only had the ball 14 minutes. So, given that, I think he actually probably played pretty well offensively. Just the Oklahoma defense couldn't get off the field against the Army option attack. He threw, he threw two interceptions in that game, too. So, right. yep. I mean, like I said – I. I, I don't. I think the defense. I think what to a face on a on a on a weekend week week out basis, especially later in the year, whereas Oklahoma or Oklahoma's playing the Texas Techs and the Oklahoma States and the Kansas and the West Virginias of the world to end the season. Bama's playing the LSU's, the Mississippi States, the Auburns, and the Georgias. Completely different, and that's down the stretch is where it counts the most. And regardless of how he played against Georgia, regardless of who came in and all that other stuff. They're thirteen and zero. 
Oklahoma's twelve yeah, and yeah. one. So. But you got to, but you got to remember, people remember, people remember the the the, the late late season moments. I know. I agree. It's, I, I, it's, all know, about, I, it's all about. It's all about. I moment. think it's. I think it's going to be incredibly close. I think it's going to be. You know, I think it's going to be one of the closer votes in 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 in, the, in recent memory. I think Haskins will be a clear cut third, even yeah. though Haskins is prob might be the best pro. He might be the best pro prospect of the three. You know. Uh, the, he, yeah. As of right now, he is for sure. I mean, that's the that's the funny part is, you know, from a professional level, I think Haskins has a chance to be, you know, really dynamic, and I think two will be a good pro too. But you know, Haskins could be the best of the three as far as at the pro level. So, all right, yeah. so you're you're predicting Tua. I'm Murray. gonna say Mur. I'm gonna say Murray yeah. in a very close, very close finish. Murray and wins, then, and then Haskins third. So. No, I agree with you. Murray wins. There, I, I, I think, I think that the game. I was telling you what I, what I, it, who should win. No, I agree. I get it. I get it. Win the game, or win the award. You know, I just, I again, I just think that I think he's going to get. He two is going to get dinged for his poor lazy play, and I know he was nicked up and all that. But and also, Tua has shown to be a little bit fragile from a health perspective this year. I mean, every like, like we've talked about in other episodes. Every game there was something going on, knee, ankle, whatever, whatever, whatever. He just that just that that and that concerns me a little bit. And I'll, also one thing I, I I don't you probably saw this on ESPN. Did you can you believe the story? Can you believe how the father came out and said that he beat his kid when he was a youngster and all that? I was stunned that he would come out and say that publicly. Talking about Kyler Murray's? No, to his dad. Oh, oh, oh. Tua, uh, Tua's dad basically came out and said when Tua was in high school and as a youngster, when that guy didn't play well, he physically beat him. And Tua, and Tua basically said, yep, he did. When I didn't play good, I, I, I got the belt. That's just the way, that's just the way it was. Yeah, I, I guess the, uh, the laws are not the same in Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, what did, he, what did he go to the Adrian Peterson School of uh, Family Andy. Dynamics? <laughs> hey, good guy. I was just stunned that his father said that so openly and that Tua said, yeah, 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 that's what happened. Maybe he's trying to get some sympathy votes for him. <laughs> yeah, okay. Good luck speaking, with that. <laughs> speaking, of, uh, speaking of Tua and, uh, and, and family, uh, Tua's brother playing in the 7A state championship here in Alabama today. Yep. Or tonight, and it did not go well. For Tonga Vailoa and, and for family for, for the top for the Thompson Warriors. Do you did you know the do you know the final score? I have not heard the score. Tell me. Fifty-two to seven, they lost. The central what Central Phoenix City? Central Phoenix City, and uh, the leading passer for Thompson was not uh, Tonga Vailoa. It was EJ Edwards, who was five of twelve for forty-one yards and a touchdown. I I was working a different game tonight. Uh, basketball game, so I don't know what's going on, but apparently, I, I, obviously, he's hurt. He got hurt or something. Yeah, I mean, there's no way he gets taken out of the game. I mean, so he had to have gotten hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, two to seven. Yeah, that was a, a stunner because Thompson had just beat Hoover two weeks ago, and like, I guess, I guess the brother better get ready for the belt tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, gonna be a rough ride back to to Alabaster. You don't want to – my man, little Tua doesn't want to be sitting in the wooden chair tomorrow at school in math class. Well, <laughs> he might not be able to make the uh, make the uh, Heisman Award show with his brother. He's got the, uh, the bruises all over. 
Wow. So, so it didn't go well. Yeah, I, I knew that. I knew they played tonight. I didn't. I did not see a score here. So, but uh, yeah, I've actually refereed that Central Phoenix City program. They're they're a legit program every year. You know, that's a great atmosphere in Phoenix City. I've been to that stadium a couple times for some playoff games. So that's a they're they're a very deserving champion. That, that's your quintessential high school football town right there, buddy. Phoenix City, Alabama. Yeah, they've always been really good. Even when I was in high school years and years ago, Phoenix City was always a legit, uh, a legit team. And they're always in the side factoid. They're always legit when it comes to the Little League World Series too. They've yeah. had many a years where they've had teams come out of Phoenix City make it to the Little League World Series. Yeah, All right. Continue. No, no. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, college football in the books for another. One other thing, I'm going to make a note of. This is the this is the uh, weekend of the Army Navy game, and one thing that's probably on my bucket list to do one day. My dad was in the Army, so one of these next couple of years, I'm going to take my dad to the Army Navy game. It's I think it's something he would enjoy. That's I think it'd be that's, that'd be a cool game to go see one time. Is that Army Navy game? Yeah the uh, the pageantry. Has, oh, uh, gotta, yeah. I mean, just the emotion and the and the like you said, the pageantry and the respect and the. The, uh, you know, just the discipline and all that stuff that goes into what those guys go through on a day-to-day basis. Forget football, just the day-to-day stuff that they go through in both in Annapolis and in West Point is incredible. No, and even know. more, and even more so this year with Army being so highly ranked and they've won. I think they've won ten. Not, I think they're ten and two this year. Great, incredible. Oh, Army, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, they've had so, a great year. Yep, they're going to be in a bowl game and all that stuff. So, so kudos to Army and Navy. Uh, if you get a chance, catch that game Saturday, CBS. Your boy Gary and uh, Nestler will be on the call, and uh, look forward to look forward to a great game. So, all right. So, just a reminder: it's the Powers on Sports podcast. If you want to send us a comment, note, suggestion, whatever, reach out to us on Twitter at kick the fb at kick the fb love to hear from you and uh again powers on sports podcast for the week of december the 3rd 2000 how's your christmas shopping coming mike hadn't started yet come on man (laughs) i i start my shopping on or around december 23rd Not even, not even, not even for the. You haven't got the commissions. You haven't got the the, the young commissions. Uh, oh yeah, now hers has, been, hers has been taken care of. Okay, uh, hers has been taken care of. I gotcha. Yep, I, I started. I bought a couple things in the last couple of days. I've got a list. I just got to go make the purchase. So I'm, I've got some things ready for mom and dad, my sister and my stepdad and stepmom. But just got to go out and just got to go out and do it. So. Uh, Hey, real quick, I just I just was looking uh, here. Cecil Hurt from the Tuscaloosa News reported that uh, Talia Tungavaloa did lead the game due to injury, so that would explain the uh, why he was not the leading passer for Thompson. So, can we get these people some coconut milk or something out in Hawaii? Because all the all the Hawaiian QBs are a little fragile, a little bit, a little bit, a uh, little bit less of the belt and a little bit more conditioning. <laughs> All right, so on to the NFL. Week 14 is upon us. We are at the home stretch, the three-quarter pole. Everybody's got four games to go. Lots of intrigue and playoff positioning, first and second seeds. 
We had the, the big news over the weekend of one Kareem Hunt giving his outright release by the Kansas City Chiefs after the TMZ video comes out of him and his lady friend in a little altercation in the, in the, in the, in the hotel. Just what, at what point are these guys going to learn that you're going to be filmed? If you're, if you're doing something stupid, unless you're in your own house, you are going to be caught on film. Hotels, restaurants, you know, wherever, other than your home, you're going to be caught, man. It's, it's that simple. I, I don't get it, man. I really don't. I don't. This day and age, there is always somebody watching everywhere. There is a recorded even if there's no cameras in the place there's somebody with a cell phone that's going to be recording it it's always you're always being watched i don't get it and and apparently that's not his only incident he has something else happen in june that he hit a, a, a guy yeah, yeah. so obviously anger is is uh not his friend and uh i know i know the pewter powers are very upset about it you know yes. could derail the undefeated season with this Jimmy man, is, try this, this man is trying to, to derail history over here, man. <laughs> Kareem and Jimmy Connors really wrecking the pewter powers um, a, a week 15 plan so far. I mean, I, I'm having to resort to go pick up Jalen Samuels, of all people. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't get it, man. I, I, I'm i watching the video, and I'm just like, what what is he doing? I mean, and then, you know, we my friend, my friend and I were talking, and I said he could have got – he might have could have – explain the shove but once he goes and kicks her that, oh yeah that's it it's, it's lights out man yeah that's it. Yeah. you're I done mean, it's i mean fellas out there listening whether you're an athlete or not <laughs> if the girl is not listening to what you're saying walk call away. the police man or walk away <laughs> just lock the door call the police give her her cell phone back call her an uber whatever get her out of your room Get her out of there, man. I mean, this I mean, guy, this guy would have been, I mean, he's what, 23 years old. He second is, year, I mean, top five, top five running back in the league. If, I mean, in four, in three years, this guy is going to be making, would have made what, 50 million you know, bucks, 50 top million dollars. money. I mean, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get well, it. Well, and what's, what's, what's scary is he's probably had some issues in the past that were either not recorded by somebody or whatever. That again, he's an aggressive guy. You're an athlete. I get all that, but man, you just have to know. At some point, if the girl calls you something you don't like, and apparently she she called him the magic word that right. nobody should be you shouldn't be saying. But I mean, just send her on her way. Apparently, apparently this wasn't even her girlfriend. His girlfriend. He no, just met was her that day. Yeah, and it was the other guy that she was with or something that was with him in his entourage. It wasn't even him. I mean, his yeah. entourage is trying to hold him back. They can't keep him under wraps. Then he gets loose and pushes her. Like you said, the push is not a good thing, but he maybe could have, you know, the, the damage wouldn't have been nearly as bad if he doesn't he doesn't go up there and kick her. I mean, that that's just what the, the brutal part. And the other part of this whole situation is is the NFL here. How does the NFL not interview the guy between February and December? I, that part I just don't understand. They knew about it. I knew that. I know they said they couldn't get the tape. Okay, if you can't get the tape, I get it. You don't want to probably pay the people to get the tape, even though TMZ apparently doesn't have to pay a lot of money to get it. Somehow TMZ can get the tape every single time. 
but the yeah. NFL can't. <laughs> I don't get that. But um, how does the NFL not schedule an interview with the guy during training camp, during an OTA, saying, hey, Kareem, we're going to see you tomorrow at 1 o'clock. You either be there or we're suspending you. Yeah. How does that not happen? Well, and not only that, they said he lied to the Chiefs. So, uh, and and then they said the NFL's been investigating. How long does this investigation go? I know the Zeke investigation took a year, but they at least talked to Zeke right when it happened or, you know, right after it happened. They didn't wait till the end of the year to talk to him before they suspended him in that situation. I don't get it either. When they kept saying this happened back in February, I was like, this is just now coming out? Like, Well, it only came out because of the video. Obviously, of the video. there's no video. So what Kareem Hunt was telling the Chiefs, you know, it's hard for the Chiefs to verify because there's no there's, – I mean, it's, it's he said, she said. And right. more times than not, they're going to believe the he because he's the player that's the worth the – that's the, the, the commodity. Well, and I think the other thing with the NFL is there was no charges pressed. And, right. And, and so I think that they might have said, well, obviously it wasn't that bad if there was no charges pressed because we all know that they're going to press charges because that's the easy way to settlement nowadays. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I agree with you. I don't see how in the world that the guys not interviewed from here, you know, what was what is that, uh, 10 months? I mean, I mean crazy. It's yeah, just, it just and, I, and to me it's shocking as, as many – hires and as many people that work in that security department for the NFL and they just hired a new a new lady a former prosecutor to kind of oversee all that kind of stuff and for that not to happen is just incredible I can't imagine what that staff meeting was like Saturday morning or Friday night whenever that news broke I think it was Friday night that the news broke I can't imagine what that conference call or that meeting Saturday morning was like at uh at one NFL place with my man with our buddy the Goodell yeah. Well, it was it was funny. I was I was at work when the video broke. And of course, then we have Captain Shady trying to steal Spencer Ware away from his own child. And, and that's what and so that's where that's where I'm I'm like, uh, something's going on here. Why is he trading for Spencer Ware? And so I go and I see the video and and uh, and then I mean, that's at like three o'clock and I go to a movie and by the time the movie's out, he's been released. I mean, it had, it had gone from being sent home to, you know, on the commissioner's list and then just outright released. I mean, it, it, it escalated very quickly. I'll, I'll give the chief's credit for releasing him once the video comes out. I guess the only question I would have is how much information did they know between February and December, as far as what they knew, didn't know, you know, obviously, if you don't, if there's no video, it's, you know, that you could get away with kind of playing. Well, we didn't know all the information, which yeah. is why we didn't release them or suspend them. But, you know, they obviously they, they also, you know, the other question you ask with the Chiefs is Tyreek Hill, an admitted, a convicted kind of abuser back when he was coming out of college. He had some issues. Right. You know, I know he told him the truth. And I guess that pro- I, I think Kansas City released him on the, the line. Yeah, online because they call you know he bold faced lied about it, but you know you have to think about the Chiefs. What's they are empl- they are employing a guy who was absolutely convicted of domestic abuse of a pregnant woman. Even though he Tyreek Hill ended up marrying this woman, but still uh, that makes you wonder a little bit. Eh, what did Kansas City know, and when did they know it? Well, I think that I, I think that because of the talent that Kareem Hunt is. I think that I actually give him credit because 
it'd been very easy to to say, well, that's not what we knew. But but once the video came out, that's what that was what the dagger was. I mean, because all this stuff can happen behind closed doors. And that's the difference between this case and the Reuben Foster case and why Washington went and picked him up is there's no video. If there's a video of Reuben Foster doing anything that he was accused of, Washington's not picking him up because nobody's picked up Kareem Hunt in the week since. And you know that with the talent that he is, somebody would have picked him up by now if there wasn't a video. Yeah, but Ruben's got a history. Ruben has a history. I'm, again, I'm, that whole Washington, D.C., that whole Redskins situation is funky because Foster has a history. I guarantee if there's a lot more information that we don't know about it, the public that the NFL knows. Um, no, I'm just saying know. that's the difference in, in, a, in a team going, okay, we can't touch him right now. It's just like Ray Rice. Once that video came out, Nobody ever touched Ray Rice again. Now, Kareem Hunt's a lot better talent. Will, will Kareem Hunt be on a team next year? I know. I mean, so, he's, he's not going to play again this year. No. And most likely he'll be suspended at least six games. I wouldn't be shocked if he's suspended for the entire year next year. I don't think he's playing next year. I think even if he does come back, I think he's suspended for the whole year. I, I think that the NFL has got to do – they look so bad right now because of how long this was. Like you said, not interviewing him. I think that they, I think they try to suspend him for the year, and and the players' association is not going to have a leg to stand on because, you know, I, there's there's a video. What what are you going to argue? Right. You know, again, I I think he'll get another. Ch- if he sits out all next year, I think somebody will somebody will sign him. I'm mean, I'm not I'm convinced of that. You yeah. know, because he's still young. The deal with Ray Rice was Ray Rice was very much on the downside of his career. Right, he's 28 so, years old. Yeah, I mean, he was, and he was, you know, he had a lot of mileage on on those tires. Where Kareem Hunt is going to be 24, 25 years old, even at the end of next year, you know, in the prime of his athletic career, he'll definitely. I, I, I'm, and again, as long as he stays the clean and narrow path, you and, know, and shows remorse about it. Yeah, which I'll give him credit. He came out on ESPN Sunday and talked about it a little bit. Not that it was overly convincing, but at least he came out and didn't wait. Uh, you know, two, three weeks to talk about it. He came out and said he screwed up and the Chiefs did the right thing and all that. So hopefully the guy gets help. Hopefully it's, this will be the last time he's ever involved in something like that because he has a promising career, you know, and, and uh, it's just too bad to see these guys continue to get in these situations. Yeah, and uh, but the bigger story here is the Chiefs. Um, they're obviously one, you know, the number one seed in the AFC here. I mean, not the bigger story. I don't mean to to, to minimize what it was. But the big story now becomes right. the Chiefs and what, you know, in, in the athletic sense of the word, what do the Chiefs do? Because Spencer Ware, now a lot of people might remember 2016 was a thousand yard rusher, tore his ACL last year. He does not look like he's got the same burst that he did in 2016. Yep. Um, obviously, they have a great offense. They've got Mahomes, who is just unreal right now. Uh, Kelsey. Tyreek Hill, Chris Conley, those guys are playing great, but Kareem Hunt made that made that engine go a, a little bit. I mean, Kansas City reminds me of Oklahoma in, in the college ranks. They're yes. going to win. On, they're going to win on their offense. If they if they get to the Super Bowl, it's going to be by outscoring everybody. I mean, the defense is going to be marginal at best, and it's going to be you know Mahomes is going to have to do it. I mean, the Hunt hurts not being in the lineup, but it's going to be a running back by committee situation there. They're they're still going to be leaning on the pass. More than the run, like the, even with Hunt, even with Hunt, they were throwing the ball way more than they were running the ball. Right. Um, so I think it'll but, be a commit. 
It'll be a committee. It'll be a committee uh, work in the backfield. And your favorite is even back in the mix. Your boy Rick West. Yep. Back in back. Kansas City for a call playoff me, push. Call me Rick. <laughs> <laughs> he is Ricky. Ricky. Ricky is like a uh, like a boomerang to Kansas City. He's always going to find his way back, no matter. He what actually. He actually. He actually done, was fairly productive when he was there the first time. The, the first time, this is the third stint with KC, by the I way. I get it, but I mean, the only reason he, I mean, the reason he's not there is because of Hunt. And, right. uh, you know, when Hunt was play, hurt last year a little bit, Rick had some good, Rick had some good moments uh, with, 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 Mahone, with, with the Chiefs and all that stuff. So you got a Rick, a Rick West, and a Ricky Hill. So a lot of, a lot of R's going on in Kansas City for some barbecue. <laughs> all right. So let's get to the other big news of the day real quick. Mr. Michael J. McCarthy asked for his keys and was sent packing in Lambeau after the debacle Sunday night against the Arizona Cardinals. Oof. Sounds like the, uh, the Aaron Rodgers-McCarthy situation went over the edge and Aaron gave the thumbs up to Mr. Murphy after the game in the postgame. Yeah, I think he gave him the old throat slice thing, you know, like, that's enough, I'm done. Uh, I, I wasn't – I mean, nobody was really surprised about it. I, I was kind of surprised that it happened midseason. Um, I mean, you are talking about a Super Bowl-winning coach, nine out of 12 playoff appearances, but their offense from what it was in 2016 is, not, is, is just a shell. They have no – they have one wide receiver that's worth anything in Devontae Adams. It's they playground. It's playground. It's every play is him just running around trying to throw. To, you know, it's a scramble play. Every single pass play, dang near. There's no structure. The offense. It's just. It's. It's like you said. It's playground. It's vanilla. It's like well, everybody and and that you can do that for a while, but when teams start to catch up, and then you don't have the athletes. A lot of people don't remember too. You have Jordy Nelson. You have Devontae Adams, and you have Randall Cobb in his prime. And that that makes things a lot different when you are yep. throwing out an Exxon Valdez and uh, uh, Equinemia St. Brown. Mr. Ed, the horse, Mr. Ed, the horse, St. Brown. <laughs> That's not going to cut it. You can't yeah. you can't get by with that. And 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 if you're not going to commit to the run when you have a pretty good running back, then you're just going to you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. So yep. it'll be interesting to see who they go after. I know everybody, you know, obviously the uh, assistant coach, Winston Moss, was fired today because of the comment about, you know, getting somebody to hold number 12 accountable, which is not the right thing to do in Green Bay. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see if they go th for a quarterback guy, an offensive guy, to to really uh, to really get the most out of Aaron Rodgers in the last, you know, five years of his career. Right, right. So, uh, it you know, and I think I think they fired him because that loss basically knocked them out of the playoffs. I mean, I think if they were still in the playoff hunt, they wouldn't have fired him. I think that game basically ended their playoff hopes. I mean, the and best was, they could the best they could be would be eight, seven, and one. And that's not going to be good enough in the NFC to get in. So, and it was embarrassing to lose to Arizona. Exactly, it's you lose to Arizona in the snow in a free in a frozen you know in a cold <laughs> weather game in Green Bay in December. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, and, and considering Arizona's offense did hardly anything as well. I mean, exactly. David Johnson had 20 carries for 64 yards. They only threw to him once. Christian Kirk got hurt. Jo uh, Josh Rosen was under siege. I mean, it, and still lose the game is, is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I'm sure you were very excited about Mr. Edmonds vulturing your touchdowns for Mr. Johnson. Fortunately, uh, 
the rivalry game was won and the uh, other league it was already uh it was already a uh uh toilet wrap. Bowl. Uh, yeah it was a wrap on that one anyway so it didn't hurt this <laughs> week we just need it to not happen this week against my lions all right all right fantasy playoffs this week we got in the uh, TTFFL the Pewter Powers is on its is, is 13 and 0 trying to trying to recover at the at the ER for some from some injury problems and some uh, and some abuse problems <laughs> having to uh, take luckily I get the week off to regroup <laughs> I get to send my guys to the Bahamas for the week this week and uh, rest up for a, a two game season so in the T-Town Fantasy Football League your thought your predictions who's going to win the T-Town Fantasy League uh, quarterfinal matchups this week quickly uh, i have the uh casey killers handling the f5s and i have the buzz beating the natty lights okay with me and mr pv the titans taking the week off i'm sorry i, I i'm sorry the titans will beat the f5s casey has the bye casey You're right. my, my mistake You're the my titans mistake. will beat the f5s and buzz beat the uh, natty lights so that would give you the buzz in uh the semifinals and casey tight titusville in the uh in a rematch in week 15. Okay, yeah. good. I, I don't want to see no part of the Titans until until week 16 until I have to. Yeah, you need to get That's Jimmy the, Connors back before that happens. Yes. Uh, I'm having to I'm, – I'm, 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 with my Kareem Hunt situation and Jim, Jimmy Connors taking a knee, a, a knee scud, ankle scud, I'm having to di- – that's the one part of my roster that could not afford two hits is my running backs, and I'm having to piece it together with Mr. Samuels and potentially a Mr. Uh, Mr. Hunt. Oh, yeah, like Garrett Blunt. That's right. Yeah, so I'm back to make some decisions come next week. Hopefully, James Connors is back, even though I don't think he's going to be back in two weeks. No, that I, I loved how they kept calling it a contusion. And as an owner of him in the Magic City League, needing him this week in the toilet bowl, I was really hoping it was a contusion. But uh, everybody that that everything I read said there's no way it's just a contusion. It's got to be a sprain from the what it looked like. So, yeah, I don't think so either. Let's go, Jalen. Big Jalen from NC State. It's your time, brother. Tight end eligible in Yahoo leagues, by the way. Is he really? Yes, and I I picked him up, and I'm oh, actually God. getting to start him as a tight end in my Yahoo league. <laughs> Are you serious? Dead serious. I've got the uh, I've got a four running back uh, committee going with in a, in a league where you can only start three. <laughs> and he's actually he's actually played that much tight end, really. He came into the league as a tight end. He was he was in the combine as a tight end. He was drafted wow. as a tight end, and he was converted to running back. So in the in the Yahoo leagues, whatever you come into the league as, you that's what you are. And then if you play another position, you add that eligibility. eligibility. I got you. I got you. So <laughs> yeah. So some leagues out there, you might be able to pick Jalen Samuels up and play him as a tight end. Do it now. <laughs> Well, good luck to you in the general PA toilet bowl. I, I'll be thinking about you. I, I got, and I'm actually playing the the namesake himself in the the non toilet bowl, Mr. PA, in the the three four matchup in the Magic City Fantasy Football League. So it'll be an interesting uh, weekend of fantasy ball, and I'm sure you guys out there in fantasy land all have your playoffs starting this week too. So good luck to you too. Well, I'm favored. I'm favored in the toilet bowl, so of course you know that's not going to happen. And I will probably be going home after this week. One and done. Can we get some? Can, and you can, can you tell some people in the league to pay their fees, please? Half Seriously. the league in half the league in Magic City have not paid their fees. Are you kidding me? And if that's if that goes for anybody listening that's in any other fantasy league and you hadn't paid your fees and it's the playoffs, you should be ashamed of yourselves. I agree. 
I agree. It's a disgrace. You need to put in the rule like we have in T-Town. If you don't pay by week three, your team is sold to the highest bidder. (laughs) (laughs) Has that ever happened? Uh, One time in 2002. One time in 2002. I hear you. All right, so let's get to the the games of the week in the NFL. We won't go through them all. I got about six games we're going to talk about quickly. Ravens, go to Kansas City. Big game in Kansas City. You got the best defense in the league. You got the best offense in the league. Your thoughts? Uh, I think the game being in Kansas City definitely favors the Chiefs. Baltimore has looked good lately, especially on defense. I think Lamar Jackson can give that Kansas City offense some problems, but I like I'd like the Chiefs there. Is this Army versus Oklahoma? Am I misreading yes. this? Am I misreading this? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I mean, Baltimore. I, I mean, Baltimore's been running the ball like 55 times a game, it seems, I and mean, literally like because 55 times a game the last three weeks. Because of Jackson running the ball, yeah. Yeah, and one, and one Gus Edwards coming out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he even had the uh, Lamar Jackson-Gus Edwards duo at the beginning of the season. Please come forward. Speaking of Gus Edwards, I'd never, I told you last week I'd never even heard of the guy, and I know, and I know most of these guys. I was listening to Mad Dog Radio, and Phil Sims, Phil Sims says, I don't even know who Gus Edwards is, and I live in New York, and he went to Rutgers, and I've never <laughs> even heard of Gus Edwards. <laughs> wow. I just tells you. <laughs> All right. Wow. Indianapolis heads to Houston. Indianapolis coming off a shutout loss in Jacksonville, which is pretty stunning, against the nine win, winning the, the, the team with the nine-game winning streak, Houston Texans. This would probably clinch the AFC South for Houston if they were to win this game. Your quick thoughts. Uh, I think Houston looks great right now. Obviously, Indianapolis kind of stunned everybody. I had Jacksonville early, and I changed my pick to Indianapolis. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Getting shut out is very concerning uh, for the Colts. but And you got to think that the Texans are due for a loss somewhere along the line here. But being at home in a, in a game that they really – if I'm not mistaken, wasn't this the game that started the win streak? Yep. Yep. With this is when Frank Reich. This is when Reich yes. went for it on fourth down in his own forty. Didn't make it, which allowed which allowed field. Houston kick the game-winning field goal at the end of overtime, or yes. Houston would have been o three and one. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I that's what I thought. I, I, but being back in Houston, I don't know. It's tough in a division rival or a division game to win twice in a, in a year, but. But Houston's just playing great right now. Their defense is I think close well. game here. I think you're going to see a bounce back from Indianapolis. Yeah. I think I Houston's due for, I don't say for a loss, but due for a, a tight, tight game. It's a division matchup. I think this is going to go down to the wire. I agree. I think it'll be another close game like it was in week four. All right. My Bucks host the Saints. The Saints coming off the throttling they took by the – I would say throttling, but just the, the loss they took to the Cowboys, who played very well. And my Bucks still have faint playoff hopes alive after they've won two in a row, four interceptions against your boy Scam Newton and the, and the <laughs> Panthers. The New Orleans minus eight. To me, that's too big of a number. The only team to have beaten New Orleans in the last two regular season games has been the Buccaneers. Yep. Last game of the regular season, first game of this year. Obviously, the Cowboys beat them last week, but the Bucks have beat Saints two games in a row. The only team, the only team to beat the Saints in new orleans this year yeah exactly so i the the weather's supposed to be pretty pretty nasty on sunday from what i heard today so would not shock me if this game goes to the wire i mean obviously you have to favor the saints a little bit but don't be surprised if the bucks steal one late 
know, the defense has been playing much better the last two or three weeks. The offense has been pretty good. Winston's Levant, not turning the ball over. Levant Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if my Bucks plus the eight get it done. Levante David coming back was big for the Bucks yep, this weekend. Yep. It really the, was. The defensive, the defensive line for the Bucks is playing well with JPP and McCoy yep. and uh, Big Carl Nassib from from Hard Knocks fame. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> had a little word for had a little word for Cammy uh, after the uh, after a late yes uh, what Scam thought was a late hit which was yes. not. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about your buddy, the Broncos. Hey, the only reason we're talking about Denver heading to San Francisco. I think this is an upset alert here. You have our boy Emmanuel after dark blown a blown Achilles today at practice. Yeah, and Chris Harris broke his leg last week in the game, so you're a little bit depleted in the, on the secondary. The Niners have been playing okay. To me, this just smells like upset special here. Denver not great as it is to begin with, especially on offense. I got a funny feeling upset special here in San Francisco to derail the Broncos' playoff hopes. I'm with you on that, and because Denver does not play as well on the road as they do at home. San Francisco is uh, has nothing to play for. You got Spain Park's finest in there. Marquise Goodwin comes back this week, too, which makes San Francisco's offense a little bit better, and especially, like you said, with Chris Harris being out, I, I agree with you. I, I've got I've got San Francisco in the upset here too, and and uh, I, I think that Marquise Goodwin and and Dante Pettis, who looked really good last week, can uh, maybe expose that secondary. For all you fantasy owners out there, the Jeffrey Wilson era has begun at tailback for the Niners. Jeez. If you're in if you're in need for a drop ad move, a Johnny come lately for your playoff run, Jeffrey Wilson of the Niners. Had over, I think he had like 125, 130 total yards last week against Seattle. So he'd be worth a, he's worth a flyer. Uh, I tried to get him, but was was denied. So, but it's okay. Mr. Jalen Samuels is going to bail me out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and our like I said, our a fan favorite of ours, Emmanuel Sanders, after dark went down. That was tragic to hear today. So, all right. Three games of the week left. We got Philadelphia heading to Dallas. This probably is for the NFC East title. Dallas wins. They're going to win the division. If if they if Philadelphia wins, then it's going to be a horse race to the end. But huge matchup, Big D. Dallas coming off the huge win against New Orleans. The devastating defense. Just enough offense to get it done. Do you go ball control, great defense, or do you go defending Super Bowl champions with their back against the wall? Ball control and great defense. Dallas has been a different team since Amari Cooper came over. It has it opened up their offense. Zeke is running the ball like he was back in 2016. Their defense is playing lights out right now. I like them. I like them to win this game. I agree too. I think I think you'll see a good game out of Prescott. The, the Eagles are decimated in the secondary. Yep. Um, you're going to see a, again. You're going to see a good dose of Zeke. Obviously, you're going to see Amari. Kind of a sleeper guy that's been getting a few more touches and made some big plays the last two or three weeks has been Michael Gallup at receiver because all the most of the coverage is going towards Amari. So Gallup's getting a lot of one-on-one -on -one coverage. So look for Michael Gallup to potentially have a good game for the Cowboys. And again, I think I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a you know 24-17 kind of game, 24-20 kind of game. But I think the Cowboys will find a way to get it done at home. Yep. All right, Sunday night, maybe the game of the week. The L.A. Rams go to Chicago Sunday night. 
probably the return of Mitchie from Scam and Mitchie of Modern Family. <laughs> Back in the mix, the Bears host the Rams in what potentially could be a you know NFC conference championship or even divisional sh- re- uh, uh, you know could be a rematch come the division in the playoffs. I like. I personally think the Rams are going to win the game because I think with, with Trubisky being out for three weeks, I think he's going to be rusty. I think, granted, it's going to be cold, and granted, Chicago's got a great defense, but I think, I think it's going to be just enough offense for the Rams. Gurley, Goff, Bob Woods, a little, uh, a little, a little Josh Reynolds, even Brandon Cooks. I think a little too much offense for the Rams in a very close game, a twenty again, twenty-seven, twenty-three kind of game, twenty-seven, twenty kind of game. I like the Rams. I like the Bears in this one, and that's because when the Bears defense is challenged and in the in the spotlight, they play completely different. You won't see what happened to them against the Giants this past week in a game that's at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Nobody's watching. I guess they play to their level of their competition. I like the Bears. I think their defense is so good, and I think that they're going to give the Rams problems. I do worry about Trubisky with the long layoff, but I think that uh, I think that Nagy is is a very good offensive play caller and will have some stuff up his sleeve uh, with little little Ricky Cohen and and baby's uh, <laughs> finest. So I like the Bears here. I don't. I think it'll be a great game though. I I, I do think it's a game of the week for sure. It's going to be a Chris and Al special Sunday night football. Michelle Tafoya on the sidelines. I think I think I think the return of Akeem Talib is really going to help the Rams down the stretch here. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. he's kind of their he's their lockdown corner. I think that's going to help him as well as Marcus Peters. So I think you're going to see Talib play well. And that to me, I, I worry about the front four, the, the the Bears blocking the front four, blocking Donald, blocking Sue. I think you you could see a big game out of uh, Aaron Donald. I, I think the Rams win a close one Sunday night in Chicago. All this, right, go ahead. This could be for if the Rams win this game, they could po- that could possibly clinch them home field advantage because they have the Eagles at home after this. Then they go to Arizona and then the and then the Niners. Right. So, I, this is their, yeah. This is their biggest challenge left, and I think they win this one. They pretty much seal up the uh, home field advantage. I agree. I think I, th- I think you're going to see the. I think the playoffs are going through L.A. All right, Monday night, very important game in the NFC wild card. Yeah. Uh, positioning the vikings head to seattle i won't say it's a must-win game for minnesota but it's pretty close seattle surprising everybody at seven and five excellent running game Russell wilson's playing pretty well in the play action game defense is kind of rebuilding then you got minnesota coming off another dud in in new england the patriot rules strike again baby i try to (laughs) tell you people every week the patriot rules were in effect again Ching cha ching. Minnesota, they've got to establish a running game. They are trying because they've paid Kirk Cousins so much money. They are trying to make Kirk Cousins into Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, and he is not. Quit trying to throw the ball fifty times a game with this guy. Establish a running game and use that defense. I, I don't get it. I don't get what they're doing. It doesn't make any sense. And I know that they've had some troubles with defense because, you know, how uh, Rhodes got hurt and, and, and things like that. But they, they've got the running backs to establish a run. I don't understand why they, they, they don't do it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. 
I think it's good. I, I think the Vikings are going to get it done on the road. I think it's like you said. I think they're going to get. I think Zimmer is going to force the OC to get back to the running game to establish the running game. They've got good running backs with Cook and uh, the Nightmare, the, the the Nigerian Nightmare. Um, yes. Yeah, so I think they're going to. Uh, I think they're going to. I think they're going to win the game outright in Seattle. I like. I like Minnesota in that game. You know, Seattle's a good team, but to me, that defense in Minnesota is really good. And uh, you know they held they held Tom Brady under wraps, and I think they're going to get it done in, in a huge win in Seattle. Going to stay in the division race. There's still a chance for them to win that division. They still have another game with the Bears left, and if the Bears lose and the Vikings lose, they'll be right there. So I look forward I look for the uh, kind of an upset special. I'm going to take Minnesota on the road. I All have right. Minnesota too. I think this is a perfect game to get that running game back in uh going again against a team that likes to run it in seattle yeah all right my pewter picks of the week i'm gonna give you three picks i like the rams plus the minus the three on the road in chicago i like minnesota plus the three and i also like the cowboys minus three and a half those are your three pewter picks of the week and i also gave you the a kind of a early preview i love notre dame Plus the plus the points and straight up against Clemson at the end of the month. So those are our pewter picks of the week. Real quick on the baseball front, we're going to get a couple minutes left here. Big trade in Major League Baseball today. Paul Goldschmidt gets dealt from Arizona to St. Louis. I think it's a perfect trade for for St. Louis. They gave up a pitcher, a catcher, and a prospect. But I think Paul Goldschmidt will be a perfect fit in St. Louis. That their kind of player. One year left on his contract before free agency, and I'm. I'm very confident they'll sign him long term. Sounds like Arizona's rebuilding. Yeah, the everybody in the West uh, that that is just is is rebuilding. Seattle is in a complete fire sale, and now Arizona goes and 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 trades away Goldie. And and uh, I know that there was talks about it because of the contract and everything, but I was kind of surprised they didn't try to. I mean, they, they weren't that far out of the division race, but I agree with you. I think St. Louis got a great. Uh, made a great deal here. He he is a good fit in St. Louis. Um, that blue collar type guy uh, that that the Cardinals fans love. And uh, but the NL is really making a push right now with the Nats signing Corbin, the Braves making yep. the moves they're making, the Phillies just making the move for Segura, the Mets making the move with Cano. I mean, the NL is really trying to. Uh, the teams in the National League, at least, are really trying to make a move. And the, uh, right now, and the winter meetings start this coming up week in Las Vegas. So I think you're going to see some wheel in the deal at the winter meetings, which is pretty pretty typical. And also the Bryce kind of the Bryce Harper Manny Machado talks will probably start to heat up a little bit. As far as you'll probably get a pretty good idea who kind of the leading favorites to probably land him. You know, sounds like the Yankees may not be in the mix for Harper, and obviously with the Nationals signing Corbin. It'll be interesting to see what kind of if, if they make another run at Harper to be if they can afford Harper. Uh, you know, speculation that the Phillies might be in the mix for Harper, the, the Giants might be in the mix for Harper. That is gonna be it'll be interesting to see which one who signs first, Machado or Harper. Yeah, I you know, it's they've it's been going on for a while now, and and I'm 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 definitely interested to see that either one of them stay out of the National League East as a Braves fan. So <laughs> Wherever they go, just make it somewhere central or, or further west, please. Yes. All right. So appreciate everybody's time. Mike, have a great weekend. Another good episode in the books. I appreciate your time and your efforts. And uh, 
how's the uh any, any, we got any news from the uh the shooting at the galleria anymore huh. any, any further news yeah we have protests daily uh daily protest uh last night it, last night it was the uh it was sam's club and buffalo wild wings and uh i-65 i and, did see i did see that i-65 issue yeah. that they that that, that they, we had a any has anything come out from the Hoover Police Department on that on that front? Hoover has not released the video because they have been instructed by the Alabama law enforcement agency not to release the video. So they have now, a video from the mall. Is that is that the issue? Yeah, the, the body cam footage. Do they really? Okay. Yeah, and then but now the a judge has ruled that they have to turn it over. It it's been uh it's it's not a it's not a pretty thing going on here at all. It's it's been uh and and my wife. Um, I hear about it constantly, more than I would like to. Let's put it that way. People, people, people. We don't need the guns, man. Keep the guns away. Yeah. Not not a lot of good things happen with too many too much use of the guns. Yeah. So that's just a. But uh, all right, one more thing. One more little tribute to to our our forty first president, Mr. Bush. Yeah. H. W. Bush had his funeral today. You know, had a great life. Ninety four years old. Did a lot of great things in his life. Was a was a war hero, military hero. I, I, the youngest, one of the youngest Navy pilots ever, if not the youngest. Yeah. Went and played baseball at Yale. Had a great great run there. Was a good businessman. Good political career. You know, I remember the Bush years in the '88. I was I was in my I was a kind of a teenager then, so I kind of remember all that stuff. So I saw a great documentary on the '88 election between him and Michael Dukakis. Yeah. They had some really good footage and really good interviews talking about how all that that whole campaign unfolded. So if you if you watch CNN, take a take a gander at CNN. They'll, they'll I'm sure they'll be replaying that. It's a great one hour you know uh, documentary on that whole '88 election when Bush got elected, and then obviously he lost to Clinton in '92 and all that stuff. But Bush had a had a great life, good family man, all that good stuff. So so God bless George H W Bush, and. Uh, Hope the family's doing okay, and I know that's a tough time for everybody. And uh, one, not 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 many living presidents left. I think there's only four living presidents left. So, um, tough 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 time for when our, whenever one of our presidents passes away. Yeah, four only four left besides the current one. But uh, what is it? Clinton, Jimmy Clinton, Carter, Jimmy Obama, Carter, Obama, and and W. And that's right, in George. So, yep. So five five living presidents are left. So, uh, and it was Karen, a great, it was a great eulogy by W today. I don't know if you saw it, but, uh, I, <laughs> I, I joked to my, to my, to my wife, it was probably the best speech he ever gave. <laughs> 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 I, it really, but it really was, it was really good. It was very, it was very personal. It was very down to earth. He, he kind of choked up at the end when he said he was the best father that a son could ask for. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was really sweet. It was a good, it was a good moment. Um, if you, if anybody gets a chance, check out uh, W's eulogy for his dad. It was really good. Read my lips. No <laughs> new taxes. <laughs> the six words that ended his political career. Yep. Yep. But uh, no matter who, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, good guy, pretty good guy. He was a pretty decent. He wasn't a great president, but he was good. And he was. He had to deal with a lot of volatility during that four-year period with the Berlin Wall falling and all that stuff. So. He handled that stuff well with grace and class and respect. So, uh, shout out to the to George H. W. Bush and uh, have a great weekend, Mike. All right. 
You too. All right, buddy. See ya. Thank you.